Welcome to the Above Board Podcast, the usefathom.com podcast with Jack Ellis and Paul Jarvis. Today we're going to talk about, believe it or not, Basecamp, Taking Breaks, Version 3 and what we're up to, and whatever else comes up. Like not calling us Use Fathom. Use Fathom. What, what are we now? With? Are we Fathom or are we Fathom Analytics? So we didn't address, well, we didn't, not address, but we didn't talk any, we didn't talk about Basecamp. We had DHH on talking about some, some interesting stuff. And then they dropped that kind of crazy bomb of no politics at work. And I think it's, I thought this morning, we are probably the most objective people to comment on this because I think we're really well but this sounds so arrogant actually now I'm saying it out loud but I think that we're quite balanced in how we view the world between us and I think we have some really good conversations and we joke that we talk about politics at work because it's important because it helps shape you as an individual um so I'll talk my reaction when Jason first dropped that post was I pictured everyone getting in these massive fights right left versus right having massive fights about things and then you, your, that wasn't your first reaction because you reacted differently. Because I'm thinking, oh, they're obviously having these huge fights. People are calling each other fascists and communists. You can picture it, right? And that wasn't the thing. That wasn't what happened. It sounds like a fucking shit show is, has been going on behind the scenes. And like, I, don't, I don't like commenting on other people's business too much, but people came forward from what I've read and... I don't think that Jason and David want to actually run a company. That's the vibe I get because authoritarian is the word that comes to mind. That's how, If you want to be like that, don't hire people. Just work with, I guess, contractors because when you hire people, you're responsible for their livelihood. You're responsible for their you know, professional development. There's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. And it's just the idea of suppressing conversation with a kind of, a loose definition of political which is what you spoke about right what is politics mm-hmm. does that mean a black person can't talk about how they're feeling when george floyd gets murdered right like what does yeah. that mean what does no politics at work mean um yeah like what are you thinking about i mean i know it's passed a little bit but you had a lot of thoughts yeah. on this yeah i mean I, I tweeted about it too but i deleted my tweets as i always ah, do yeah, um, of course i'm i just done with twitter i'm so sick of it <laughs> um and and instead of keeping my account on deleted i'm just gonna leave it as like saying inactive but yeah i mean i just think that if it was a case of nobody was getting their work done and nobody was being productive and nothing was ever being shipped that's yeah. a that's a different issue but that wasn't the case um And it just seemed like as more and more information came out, it just painted a picture worse and worse Mm -hmm. with, um, with how things are run at the, um, at the women pleasure of, of Jason and DHH, I guess. And it just like the, the timing was also bad because we had just had DHH on our podcast and (laughs) I had just spent quite a while writing an article about, Hey, and it was mostly about privacy, but still like even in my, my last book that I wrote, I talked about Basecamp. I talked about how it, how the leadership worked or how I believed the leadership worked at the time. Right? Like it was, 
there was just a lot of stuff. And like we deleted the uh, the DHH episode. This first time I've ever deleted in my probably close to 10 years of podcasting. First time I have deleted a podcast episode ever. But yeah, I um, we did like we talked about this and we didn't want to give we didn't want to give them a platform any longer to to kind of share their um to share and like i stopped you we stopped using base <laughs> we've replaced base camp with a spreadsheet which i'm actually <laughs> yeah. really really enjoying i also i i also feel like i felt like it was a bad idea at the time and i was like oh whatever because i had uh, i have a hey email address and i was like i feel weird having um an email address that isn't a domain i own but i'm like whatever they're they've been around for a while like it's a stable company i'm just going to start using it and i switched everything over to that and then all of this happened and i'm like i don't want to use my email address at hey.com anymore because that feels like a political statement and i just want to send email like i think the opposite happened with them where they their ideas around what they feel is political which i don't even agree with is even political like it wasn't even a conversation about politics at that point it was a conversation about yeah <laughs> fascist leaders basically yeah. of a company yeah. and like i don't want to support that i don't want to i don't want to have to explain myself for you so i'm like i'm not using it anymore yeah no for sure i i completely <sighs> i completely get that and i struggled a bit with the because i don't it, i thought to myself well politics at work like i said i explained what i thought it was at first mm. um you know if we said no politics at work there's no one that is harmed because it's, it's me and you plus we couldn't do that anyway i think that the reason that Basecamp got such a kind of backlash was because they are very political as a company and as individuals so mm-hmm. that i mean dhh has got a lot to say he's very opinionated about everything politics um and it felt weird for them you know seeing how they are they're very political as, as a company, as, as individuals, for them to then say no politics at work is like, what are you talking about? It just felt weird. Because it's, I it's also a company of adults who are good at like they they got Basecamp has been a, a pretty good, a pretty admirable company, top of their industry, and like they've hired people who are really good at what they do, who are really good with autonomy, and this is just basically like kindergarten policing of of the oh, adults yeah. who work. It's just like. Well, what, as I, I said, know. when I first read it and it was, they talked about, it was a Breitbart link or something that got posted. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, if someone posts a far right or far left article, it's our duty to challenge it. It's not to like, you know, get angry. I mean, we can get angry, sure. But we need to challenge it because if someone thinks that this, this, uh, whatever it might be, I mean, you know, misinformation or, or really, you know, um, I guess, uh, like racist viewpoint, whatever it might be, right? We need to challenge this. We need to have discussions because you, you can't force people into believing different things. You need to actually persuade them or have conversations so that we can become educated. And if someone's posting Breitbart links <laughs> in a work oh, in a work community, oh. I, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I can't even, like I, I can't even imagine. There's like, left you, and right, oh. but yeah, this is uh, yeah. There, there's also stupid. Dude, imagine if you if I, if I started sending you Breitbart links, you started sending I don't even know the left wing equivalent uh, to Breitbart. Uh, I don't know. rules.com <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. I don't even know. I'm not even sure. Oh, no, no idea. If you're in the States and you're, you can't not talk about politics. I don't think it's impossible. Well, like, like you said, like being, being black is a political statement sometimes. Or like being gay is a political statement. It's just like, you can't tell people to leave parts of themselves at home and just like pretend that 
And I think that the thing that really that bugged me the most was that all of this came out. They had an all hands meeting, which has been highly written about. People aired, I guess they're they're dis. And I think what it came down to as well was even though there was a lot of anger and that, and rightly so, but it was a lot of like disappointment in that Jason and DHH as leaders of the company could say, well, we don't we don't want to hear from you about whatever's going on. And they they were told by their employees, like, hey, this bothers us, or this is uncomfortable, or this is inappropriate in this way. And they just doubled down. Like, yeah, they, they, that, yeah. they didn't listen. They didn't change. They didn't do anything. They just kind of, okay, we'll listen to what you have to say, but then we're not actually going to take no, it. No, we're going to give you money oh. to leave our company. Yeah, that bothered yeah. me a bit. Because, you know, if we disagree, I mean, we're a two-person company, so it's way different. But if we disagree on something, we immediately go to okay, I'm going to explain my position and Mm -hmm. and understand the other person's position, how they are holding up that position. And this is actually how you should debate politics as well. Find out what this person believes. It may be radical. It may be whatever. You you may think it's just this, that, and the other. Find out what is holding up that belief. Is it just that they read something, you know, on (laughs) Infowars.com? I got some protein pills to sell you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Live forever. So, you know, what's propping up their opinion? And the the same thing applies in business. Um, so yeah, I also think that business. You, I think it is increasingly hard for businesses to be apolitical. Corporations have the majority of the power in the world. Corporations are made up of human beings with beliefs. Like I don't know how even fat. Like we're political. We have uh, we have stances about the environment. We have stances about um, a whole bunch of things. Right. Yeah. Like I I don't think like it's not like. Fathom is a left-wing company. Fathom is a right-wing company. It's, it's not that. It's just that we have opinions about the world that our company exists in. Yeah, and well. I, I'm happy. I'm happy to have those opinions. And people if that want... puts people, if that puts people off of us, like they support the environment, I, I can't. It's like okay, cool. There are other companies. Yeah, people want their values to align with the companies that they support. I think we, they're seeing a lot of that. So no politics at work. I just, I like to think through both sides. You know, Coinbase did this as well. They said no politics at work. The only time I can ever get on board with this is if the company is in turmoil because tensions are so high and people are getting so angry at each other. But again, you don't just ban it. You you need to find ways to have this. That's how you solve every... That's how you solve everything is with no communication. Yeah, when you just put, yeah, when you just put, exactly. You put a rule in that just bans something, you're not making progress. You just suppress it. It reminds me of communist regimes where you're not, you know, uh, thought, uh, speech policing. I'm not, I'm sure it's, uh, you know, right wing stuff too, but that's what it reminds me of. Mm. And that, you know, I'm not a big fan of communism, as you know, and that made me feel really uneasy. We're going to suppress your speech. And, And another thing I read, this is a really good point. It was a few, it was literally a sentence. All of these employees have spent their time helping them build the company. It's like sure you paid them, but they spent a part of you. They could have worked anywhere. They chose mm-hmm. to help you build, and this is how you're making millions of dollars. They chose to help you build your company, and you're going to say, "I don't care what you've got to say. I don't care how you feel. Um, I don't want to hear what you've got to say." It just it doesn't sit right with me and it's not you know i'm all over the place politically and i i wouldn't be accepted by left or right uh but it made me feel uncomfortable and that's actually why because it's not a mob thing the reason that i wanted to delete the episode uh, along with you wasn't a mob thing or a, or a cancel culture thing i felt uncomfortable with how they were doing things and i don't respect them as a company anymore yeah that's same. what it came down to 
it didn't feel political. It just, well, I suppose it is political, but yeah, yeah. it just everything's, felt uncomfortable. Everything's political. So, yeah. That's, uh, that's Basecamp. So, uh, hey.com right. for... Oh, I'm joking. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> oh, God. But you had Rand on. Rand came on and you two had a great conversation. So, this is what I mean. You disagreed with Rand and Rand is like, oh, tell me more. He was excited to listen mm-hmm. to what you said. That's how we need to have conversations. We don't suppress speech. Imagine if Rand had said, oh, okay, well, I'm done then. Okay, end the, end the podcast. I'm <laughs> he done. He just plugs his ears and like, la, 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 yeah, la, la. I didn't know you'd be disagreeing with me. I'm done. I don't, I'm not here for this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, hey, when I got into, uh, just, I thought it was a great conversation about the points where we disagree, and it, it turned out it that was it wasn't great. that much of a disagreement. Yeah, no, that so, was a good conversation. I, mean, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Let's talk about Use Fathom. What's that? Use Fathom. Oh, yeah, our, oh, our company. Yeah, yes. you, want, you want me to stop talking about um, other people's companies, right? Okay. <sighs> no. Okay, I'll talk about Fathom. So, yes. Fathom, we do encourage politics at work respectful discussion we do it a lot we talk about politics a lot <laughs> and we don't call each other fascists or communists and, and the likes um, no more than once a week no no exactly <laughs> but we've been working on version three and we've been developing lots and lots of stuff uh, and we've been releasing things very very regularly and we're now kind of building this really crazy momentum uh, i don't know if you've seen the trials today but they're through they're through the roof yeah, it's been exciting to see um, how many people have been, uh, yeah, joining Fathom, <laughs> joining Fathom.com, join Fathom.com. Maybe we should change it to HeyFathom.com. You joke, but now someone's going to buy that. So now we have to buy that because you oh, mentioned God. it. Yep. That's another domain cost. Chris was treating, uh, one of our customers exactly. was treating about this today. So yeah, version <sighs> three, we, we spoke about this and we've had people asking for things for a long time. And we've just been working on, I guess, the major release. That's been the big focus because we're now rolling out all of this stuff. But we didn't just, we're not just casually rolling this stuff out. This stuff we have debated and debated and worked on for such a long time. So now we're just actually just shipping it, right? Mm -hmm. Well, obviously we're finishing it off, but the spec has all been ironed out. Uh, Sure, we're changing a few things when when we actually play around and test it. But I remember going back how many discussions we had. And we did this amongst yeah. getting DDoS attacked and all this stuff. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, it, it's been weeks and weeks of, of fixing bugs that just in relation to dark mode. So, I mean, I'm surprised <laughs> we've shipped anything doing everything that needs to be done for a fucking dark. I'm, I hate dark. The more that we have dark mode, the more that I hate it. Like I thought, oh, maybe I'll warm up to dark mode. No, I hate it. I think it's the worst thing ever. But Fathom does have it because people do like it. And Fathom does not exist at the women pleasure of Paul Jarvis. Fathom exists for our customers. Well, that's the joke. <laughs> you, you like simple software. If Fathom existed at your whim, we would just be simple. Just mm-hmm. nothing. Well, we're still simple, but you know what I mean. We wouldn't have browsers and countries, right? We weren't yeah. going to have that. And uh, if but it was would, my whim, my whim would be we'd have a thousand more features. Cause I, yes. Yeah, you're the filter. Yes. But I do think that the, the simpler that we key, obviously, we, or we do add new features and functionalities and refinements all the time. But like, it takes longer to add these more complex things. Like I was just thinking about this this morning when I woke up. I'm like, all of these things, like the, the argument for simplicity is also that it just, it, if it's not simple, it does take so much longer. Like some of these features that we're, we're adding in right now are, are s- as simple as they can be. 
um, because we put the work in so our customers don't have to work to use things, but it takes a long time. Like it, it's taking a long time to get some of these things done because they are complicated. And I want to talk about our process a bit on this because sure. I've talked publicly about this recently. Um, so in the past, I don't, I, I can't talk for you because you know, you're old and more experienced than me, but I'm going to talk about me and you can chime in with how you felt. But sure. I, I definitely fell in, I didn't notice this, but I fell into more of a victim mindset when I saw that people were ripping off our work. So they were jacking your designs. They were jacking some of the technical solutions that I, I remember, you know, working really hard on and they were just basically stealing it, jacking it and, and marketing and even stealing your, stealing our personal positioning is, this is what really made me kind of uncomfortable oh at first every privacy focused analytics company cares about the planet now okay yeah <laughs> which i mean it's a, it's a huge win for the planet but yes. there are a few personal stances that we have that have come through to the company and that you've written about for years um that people now suddenly are this and even there's there's a case i'm not going to talk too much detail about this but let's just say there was someone who privately believes one thing but publicly is just jacked our jacked our positioning and it's weird and it feels fake and i but the point i'm I'm making here is that i kind of used to feel like a victim like i didn't say to myself oh you're a victim but it annoyed me right i was reacting to it and i've my mentality has completely changed i'm now going okay then if it's just business it's just business and uh, positioning stuff aside because i mean i'm not going to jack someone else's ethics and positioning that's just very very weird uh, i'm going to look at how you've built things and we've done this look at how you've built things it oh this is really bad so we're not going to build it like this we're going to build it completely differently go back to the drawing board and make it much better for our customers so mm-hmm. now I've, I've changed from this kind of feeling like a victim mindset to okay then let's dance the way we're going to well, the way we're going to reply to you checking our stuff is we're going to build the best possible software for our customers and we're doing it and people are seeing it now and that's why i think our trials are up yeah and i mean i i just can't wait till more privacy focused analytics company go vegan and make the, <laughs> live, on, live in the woods on an island like that's <laughs> yeah. what i'm looking forward to and then they market <laughs> on it yeah oh it's oh. strange yeah i mean i've been ripped off for like i've had my designs ripped off since the 90s right so i mean i'm i'm more I guess, immune to that because I'm just like, oh, fuck, whatever. Here we go again. I don't care. Here's it, like, you're using, most of them aren't even used. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> we're, we're, we're a bunch, yeah, I don't even know. We're just, we're bitching. Let's just say that. We are yeah, sometimes. I'm saucy, but like, yeah, it, it, you know, it doesn't really, it doesn't really bother me. Like, I would rather just keep doing better and keep doing better for our customers and then, that's that's good enough like that's that's a win for me there's no gain to feeling like a victim so i definitely view if you've got competitors that are copying you get use it to motivate you use it to fuel you stop thinking about this that and the other get motivated use it it's your fire and i've really been using that as a fire and another thing as well you know i've I've put this on our notes of things to talk about i've been throwing marketing ideas at you left right and center and you've always come back to the same line which is about the product is the marketing right now and I like that. I really, really like that. Because when you focus on the product and you're using that for your marketing, that turns into content, that turns into the product improving, obviously, but that turns into tweets and people get excited. And I get excited when I see products um, releasing features that I've been waiting for. So that's yeah. working really well. 
Yeah, no, I I think it's a a, a good idea, and it's it's um, strategic as well because then the the focus is on what you're doing in your product versus just I'm just want to talk about this thing or I want to have this like promotion. It's like no, just this is the this is the product. Like we're both very happy and and proud of the product that we have, and people like it. <laughs> people keep on like I keep if I refresh Stripe, I see more people every time I hit refresh signing up for trials. So it's crazy right now. It's definitely crazy. Oh, yeah. The um you've banned future hype on Twitter, which I was guilty of for a long time. Hyping things that aren't actually finished already yet. Uh, very bad habit of mine. We've now moved to only hyping things that are nearly ready to go, which is fun. Or things that are released. Think All things that are released, yeah, exactly. Yes. So in terms of the hype for now, if you want to call it hype, we've been working on events. So right now, as of a few days ago, we deployed referrer utm to event tracking so if someone lands on this is a good example we'll talk about Mm. us we want to know where our signups came from we've used adverts in the past or i've used adverts and done them very poorly in the past and we had no way of tying that to a conversion well now if you came from for example imagine we sponsor a podcast or we sponsor a newsletter perhaps they use utm tags if you land on usefathom.com you click through the website, you read the beautiful content, and then you sign up. You go to a different site to sign up, but we can still tie the conversion back to the original site and to the UTM tags. So you will then be able to see your conversions and which UTM tags brought them in, which is hugely valuable. Mm-hmm. But not only that, what we're currently working on, and what I'm actually working on today, because Paul's already finished up the UI on this, is a way to to view the properties that are sent with the events. So for example, imagine you're tracking product purchases. You can send the name of the product along with the event to see what's the most popular product. And there are this just scratches the surface. There are people with ideas that there will be use cases that we haven't even thought of. And we got into this thing of, should we be supporting lots and lots of properties? Most people are going to use probably less than five properties, definitely less than 10. There'll be outliers that might use 20. The, the point is we're going to support all of you and you'll be able to access this through the API. So what we're currently working on is the, uh, the updated goals slash events box. And you're going to be able to filter through your events and see all the data associated with those events. And it's going to be marvelous. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, getting the use case that you just it, it's interesting, too, because whenever I'm helping support a customer um, and I'm, I'm looking at their dashboard, I always look to see um, if they're if they're using goals. And we talked about this internally, too. It's a lot of customers. I, I wouldn't say a lot. Some customers don't use goals and that's fine. They use Fathom the way that they need to for their for their business. And that makes sense. But when people are using goals, Sometimes they're creating a lot of them. And that's, I think uh, that was on us and the way that we created goals in the first place, which didn't have variables or parameters or properties. I think you called it. We'll need to come up with something um, consistent. So properties it is, but we didn't have a way to do that. So if you were tracking product sales, you had to create a new goal for every single product. Exactly. Now, because we've been 
we've been looking at how goals work. We've been listening to our customers and we've been trying to make things work better. You create a, you create an event. We're changing the name to events because it makes more sense. You create uh, an event for purchases and then you can just push the variable of the product name to that same event. And then you can drill into it. You want to look at all your purchases? Well, it's all in, in that event. You want to drill into it and look at specific purchases? You could push, say you're selling shoes, you could push shoe size, shoe color <laughs> to that same, to, yeah. as, as properties to that same event. And it just becomes a remarkably extensible and customizable way to use Fathom and to track what's important to you in, in the most privacy-focused way possible. So I think it's the best of both worlds. And I think this may lay the ground for a b testing as in users can users can manipulate these events to do their own a b testing so for, for example sure. they could send across um sent values with a property of you know um variant a variant b exactly yeah. i think they may be able to do that and then they may be able to actually because the way we've done it we've looked at how our competitors do it and it's it's not good we've done we've we've built it really really well and i'm so pleased with this it's very scalable we worked with some database engineers to get the best structure possible um that's a single store love those guys uh, one other thing i'd like to touch on before we we end this podcast what do you think because i saw something in support uh, i think yesterday or the day before and it's about service swaps do you ever do service swaps <laughs> I thought you were going to bring up what type of service. Oh, well, no, you was, can. You it's can pretty talk, funny. What, what was it? You, you can. He he wanted to give us both access to some porn site for in, in trade for Fathom, which, yeah, I mean, to, to, to each their own. But I I wanted to. So the reply that I wanted to say was, no, we charge money for for Fathom. Right. Because like that, that that makes sense to me. This yeah. is a product that you buy with money. Not with Dogecoin or with, with porn <laughs> memberships, but with money. But I mean, that, I love that's that you just compared those two. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna make a lot of people angry with what you just said. Oh, probably. Crypto, I don't know. I sold. Do- I made a bunch of money on Doge, so yeah, I can't actually yeah, be that pissed right, off at it. But yeah, I mean, like we we charge money for 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 the thing that we sell, like. And that's that's basically my stance. Since, I mean, yeah. Since we're here, I'm going to ask you. What are your thoughts on freemium in general in business, SaaS business? Freemium, like having a f- like free plan? Mm-hmm. Yep. It can definitely make, I don't think I can generalize it. It can definitely make sense um, if it makes sense for a business. I don't think it makes sense for us. Are you a politician? <laughs> I could be. It can definitely make sense if it makes sense for a business. Yes. The most pol- politics... But I th- I think that it's hard to generalize a lot of business tropes to. I think the more you the more you find something that generally applies, the less valuable that piece of advice is. So for mm-hmm. our, I can talk to I can talk to our business specifically. And yeah, I could be a politician. Um, our business specifically, I don't think it makes sense right now. Maybe it will in the future, but for right now. We're seeing the growth that we want to see. We are able to pay ourselves a salary to, to work for our, our business. And we're able to offer the quality and support of the product that we feel comfortable doing. So I, I don't want to have a free plan. Yeah. Like it, I, I don't want to take our eye off of the ball of <clears throat> our paying customers are the most important part of our business. 
And I don't want that to change. I mean, in the future, maybe it will. Maybe if if we grow to a size where it makes sense to start having uh, a free plan that's scaled back considerably, then yeah, maybe that'll work. Right now, I don't feel that it would. Having this, this makes me think that you know you said before we should have our we should have conversations on air where we actually work <laughs> through business things. Yeah, I think yeah we've got to start doing that. I think that would be fun. I, I mean yeah, yeah I, I agree completely. I and it's funny because I do think that there's a, a world in the future when we have support staff where we're able to work on the product perhaps with some contractors and build the product, but support the the increase in support wouldn't cause a burden on development. You know, because that's the big thing. We're working on the product. We're working on content and everything else. If if our support suddenly, you know, two or three or four times, that would be a huge problem. Yeah. I mean, that's that's going to be the problem when we release dark mode to everyone. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. <laughs> oh, do you want to talk about that? Or is that still under wraps? You know, the plans there. Is that too much in the future? I suppose it's... I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. So I don't know. Whenever we talk about it. Yeah, sure. Okay, so... um a really strange thing we have been using version the three early access for a long time now it's not quite at feature parity as in it doesn't have all the settings in place yet whenever we go back to the version 2 dashboard we we message each other and we say oh my god i can't believe this is is what fathom used to be and there are people that don't know about v3 early access mm-hmm v3 is on such another level and people it's not just me saying this people are saying this oh i sound like donald trump oh my god no (laughs) people Uh, tell me all the time yeah people are talking people are talking about it yeah no that's not what i'm trying but the point is v3 is just on a whole other level um it's just crazy and i go back to the version two of fathom and i'm like Oh, oh my goodness. So what we've decided is that we're going to bring version 3 to feature parity and we're going to be releasing it to everyone ahead of all the other things being finished off. I mean, we've got EU isolation, um, country booking, IP, all this stuff. It's been, I think all of that's actually been built, that, that stuff. It just needs to be tested and uh, before it's shipped. Yeah, and we're going to roll all the features that we said we were going to roll out um, as as we've tested them. So Individually. Things like- yeah, individually. So yeah, things like the API, things like Google Search Console integration, all of those things still coming, still coming soon. But I think I think it makes sense to get everybody using the the same dashboard, even things like the filtering that we have on, so on the V3 nice. dashboard. I use Fathom more because I can use that feature yeah. and it, it pains my heart to know that thousands of customers aren't using the, that dashboard because yeah. they're not, they don't want an early access test. And that makes sense because not everybody wants to be an early adopter. Well, they don't even know about it. Yeah. Some don't even know about it because they maybe they probably don't listen to the show or, or look at our Twitter, which is fine. I don't look at our Twitter that much. <laughs> when I do, I'm like, what the hell is Jack talking about? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, I'm excited to get this out to all of our. Cu- I want. I I just want all of our customers to be using the same thing and have access to the same, um, yeah, to the same awesomeness. And that's what we're focusing on right now. And we're moving very very fast at the moment. It feels good, and we're moving into a whole new stage of business where we focus on refinements and incremental improvements, which we've been talking about for a while. But now I feel like we're finally there or we're on the the cusp of being there. And it just feels fantastic. And when you've got happier founders, happier founders work better, work faster, and they're shipping more often. No more big milestones. Big milestones are done. This is the future. Fathom, as I said on Twitter, is innovation. Yeah, let's, um, let's stop this show here and get back to work. 